Please listen carefully. What's up, everyone? You're listening to another episode of the Heard It Here Sports Podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in with me. Uh, just doing a quick little podcast about some light news that dropped today. Uh, NBA reporter Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the Brooklyn Nets off maligned star point guard Kyrie Irving has officially been traded to the Dallas Mavericks. That package from the Mavericks is Spencer Denwitty, who was acquired by the team last year at the trade deadline, uh, or a little bit before the trade deadline. Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2027 first-round pick, and two second-round picks. I don't know that there's word on the protection of that first-round pick, but as far as I'm aware, they would likely have to make it either unprotected or a protected pick that rolls into second-round picks the next year. Uh, If I was going to bet... I would bet it's probably the latter, where this is something that converts into second-round picks and has some protection on it. Um, The Mavericks are not a team, you know, as long as this is a lottery protection uh, or less protections, this is not something you need to worry about. The the Mavericks are more than likely not going to finish in the lottery, Uh, especially after this trade. You would certainly hope not. Um, But that's probably enough to talk about the specifics of the picks. That's not what anyone cares about here. I mean... This trade is really, it's Kyrie to the Mavericks for Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, which, that's a massive shakeup. I, I, I'll be honest, I did not think Dallas was going to be the one trading for Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, in retrospect, it, it does make some sense. I mean, Kyrie definitely seemed like he was not going to be with the Nets, um, and I'm, I'm not super surprised that they uh, were willing to actually trade him before the deadline. Um and it does seem like Kevin Durant may be moving out of the Brooklyn area this trade deadline, uh, maybe at the summer, if not this trade deadline. But I, I think there's a good chance he gets traded now. Um, but that's that's not really that, – that's I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. Um, I, I guess I'm not surprised that Kyrie got traded, and I'm not surprised that the Mavericks made a move for a superstar or a star period. Um, I just didn't think that this would be the the fit. This is a little bit perplexing to me. I I think this is going to be looked at as a bit of a desperation, bit of a panic move. That's probably accurate. Um, in Woj's tweets, you know, they mentioned that Nico Harrison has a long Irving with Nike. Going back to the, excuse me, sorry, Nico Harrison was an executive at Nike, uh, so he's got a relationship with Irving. Uh, Kyrie going back a while now. Jason Kidd wanted the trade. Kind of makes sense. You know, Kidd's got a, a point guard with some great dribble skills. Ideally, he can turn him into whatever. You know, I think it makes sense. Jason Kidd wants a point guard to try to uh, mentor. Um, I mean, there's just not, not a whole lot you could say about the Kyrie front of this. It's just if he manages to actually play throughout the playoffs, it's still not the greatest fit in the world. I mean, if you have Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving playing 35 minutes a game for your team, that's that's awesome. Um, and their surrounding rotation, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Josh Green, Christian Wood, like they've got some offense around them. 
Um, I think where they're really going to struggle is at the small forward, the forward position uh, in general. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine that the Mavericks are going to really make, you know, a full title run with Kyrie playing a full role. Because that's the thing with Kyrie is not just that he's had so many uh, off the court issues in terms of, you know, having this liking tweets about stuff that are inappropriate, the entire COVID uh, refusing to get a vaccine and being banned from working due to that. The, even the year before that, the, unexcused personal absences for mysterious reasons. I mean, this is a guy that's just been super unreliable as a person, but he's also had super unreliable health. I mean, he's missed multiple playoff runs due to injury. He missed the 2015 run in Cleveland, right? Uh, I think he got injured. I think he got injured actually in the finals, so he was playing most of the time, but he still didn't make it through that whole run. Uh, He didn't make it through the run in 2018, when the Celtics uh, made it to the conference finals without him, uh, the LeBron he booned me game, as I'm sure we all remember. Um, I mean, Kyrie's just, <laughs> it's its insane that you would place a bet on Kyrie, even to the amount of two starters and a first round pick. But that is, I, I did kind of want to compare this a little bit uh, first to the previous Kyrie trade. Um, the previous Kyrie trade Obviously, Kyrie was viewed in a much better light. This was back in 2018. Uh, he was 25 years old at that time. Um, he was traded for Isaiah Thomas, the Pistons' Isaiah Thomas, as well as Jay Crowder, Ante Zizic, who was not necessarily a major part, but he was like a late first-round pick. Who had uh, he, what, he was filler in that trade. And, and then Brooklyn's 2018 unprotected first-rounder, which was – the crown jewel of that trade uh, alongside Isaiah Thomas. Cause that was one of the picks where, um, I mean, Brooklyn had just given up the number three pick the year before There's Jay's actually the last two years. Cause they took Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum back to back. And you know what? I apologize. They had given up the number three pick in 2016. And then the number one pick the year before, cause the Celtics actually traded that down to three. So the Nets had just given up the number three and then the number one overall pick. That's sort of the value that people were thinking is this is almost guaranteed top five. Now it ended up being, I believe, the ninth overall pick. Uh, they took Colin Sexton, uh, the Cavs did. But, you know, when, when you look back at this trade, you can see that, you know, ideally Isaiah Thomas was supposed to be a, I would say, an all-star level point guard. He was coming off of the season, his his by far the best season of his career. He averaged 30 points a game, pretty much. Uh, took the Celtics to the conference finals. He was fantastic. He had a 50-point game in the playoffs. He finished fifth in MVP voting. It's five foot nine. I mean, he had a phenomenal season. Um, obviously, there were some injury concerns. I think that by the time. This trade was, I, I think the um, the severity of the injury didn't really come up until very late in the trade process. And by that point, um, it, it was just kind of too far gone. You know, they kind of just had to make the deal. And unfortunately for the Cavs, the bet didn't pay off. But, you know, Isaiah Thomas was an all-star type point guard. Jay, Jay, Jay Crowder was a starter on the wing. And that first round pick was like a, a premium, premium first round pick. So when you compare that to the package that the Nets got, certainly a lesser package. 
Um, you've got Spencer Dinwiddie, who I would consider more of a a solid starting level point guard. You know, maybe he's like the 20 to 25th best point guard in the league, uh, as well as Dorian Finney-Smith, who I would consider pretty equivalent to Jay Crowder in, in terms of uh, value, positional value. Uh, that first round pick is certainly a lot less valuable, although you certainly do wonder Luca would be his contract his contract expires in a couple of years. So theoretically, if this goes completely, uh, if this is a complete disaster and Kyrie leaves his offseason, Luca could be gone by 2027. So there is some potential there if it's an unprotected pick. Uh, I speculated earlier that it likely will be protected, but if it is unprotected, then there is some upside there. But you can certainly see that there's, you know, <laughs> no surprise Kyrie's value has decreased. That's not, you know, a huge shock to anyone, but it's still, you know, kind of interesting to compare those two packages. Um, I think what you would really note, though, the Mavs just couldn't really afford to give up what they gave up. I mean, what we've been talking about all year is, I mean, number one, Dorian Finney-Smith, that one's pretty straightforward. I mean, he's their by far their best defender on the perimeter. He's their best defender on big wings. Their only real starting caliber wing defender. I mean, they must just have a ton of faith in Josh Green to guard, like, LeBron James, which that makes one of us. Um, I like Josh Green, but I just – I'm – a little stunned that, you know, it seems like those are the terms that Dallas had to come to. I, I'm sure they fought to keep Dorian Fiddy Smith in, but that, that's a pretty huge loss. Uh, and Spencer Dinwiddie's a big loss too. I mean, this is this is great, but pretty much what you're doing is you're turning Spence, you're you're upgrading Dinwiddie into Kyrie, which Dinwiddie's already a good player, um, and it's certainly a loss to lose him. The biggest thing, though, is that rather than now replicating what you did last year where you had three primary guards, now you've got two primary guards. It's just that you're upgrading um, the Dinwiddie spot to Kyrie. I mean, you have Luka at the end of the day. That's that's what's really important. But um, definitely feels like the Mavericks lost a lot of value in their current rotation. It, you know, it's it's an upgrade, but it's a marginal upgrade. And, and when you factor in the amount of risk that they've taken on, it's questionable, questionable decision. Um, one other thing I wanted to compare this to, because it, it kind of seemed a little bit familiar to me, um, the Mavericks' previous trade, not for a superstar, but involving a superstar. So when they traded Kristaps Porzingis, uh, just last year, right? I believe that was in, I, I think it was in December. Maybe it was in January of the previous year. Um, but Chris Dabbs Porzingis was a guy that was traded initially for, I want to say, two first-round picks and two swaps. Um, it, it was it was two or three picks worth of value, uh, as well as Dennis Smith Jr., who was a pretty solid prospect at that point. And, oh, God. Um, that was DeAndre Jordan. That was yeah. That was when they traded DeAndre Jordan to the Knicks. Uh, he was making like twenty million that year, so he was the filler salary. That's right. So, yeah, Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, <laughs> that's not the trade we're talking about, though. Um, KP when he got shipped out of Dallas, got traded for Spencer Dinwiddie, who went out in this deal, uh, as well as Davis Bertans. Uh, don't think there was any. If there were any picks, they were negligible. You know, maybe some like border around seconds. Um, this is certainly more value. 
I think it's just interesting, though, since Dinwiddie's in this piece, you know, the different pieces that got added in were um, Dorian Finney-Smith Jr. and the 2027 first-round pick. So you can kind of chalk this up to the Mavericks turning Kristaps Porzingis into, well, sorry, Kristaps Porzingis plus Dorian Finney-Smith plus 2077 first-round pick into Kyrie Irving plus Davis Bertans. Um, that's tough. That's tough, especially when you're going from someone that theoretically, positionally complements Luka. You know, KP is a big non-ball handler, and you swap that in with somebody who's positionally absolutely not a fit, a primary shot-creating guard in Kyrie, although Kyrie can certainly score off of a primary. I, I, I Actually, I take that back. Kyrie has had a lot of success being an off-ball player next to LeBron and next to KD. So I take back what I said. He's going to be a good fit with Luka. Um, but it's certainly not ideal to end up with him uh, after trading away Chris Depps and Dorian Finney-Smith and a first-round pick. Uh, it's not like Davis Bertans gives a lot of value here, right? So that's something I wanted to look at. I thought that was kind of interesting just to look at, you know, at a certain point there's sunk costs with all these trades. You can't just hold on to Porzingis until he depreciates completely. But it's certainly interesting to look at how poorly this has um, evolved for the Mavericks. It's, it's certainly certainly looking a little precarious um, and just gives some context to how desperate this move kind of looks. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's the Mavericks side of things. Honestly, I don't know that there's going to be a lot to talk about. Everyone's going to have a podcast on this. Everyone's going to have a tweet about this. Everyone's going to have a take. Um, and that's totally fair. Like there's lots of take worthy stuff here. I mean, Jason Kidd plus, uh, Jason, Jason Kidd plus Kyrie Irving plus Luka Doncic should be some fun, uh, content, right? I mean, it's going to be wild to try to see how this team works. Like, I guess Tim Hardaway Jr., your starting three. Reggie Bullock's your starting three. Josh Green's your starting three. Like, I don't really know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, they've certainly shaken things up a lot, right? So I'll give them credit for that, you know? I certainly wouldn't want to be um, invested in the Daleks Mavericks success long-term success right now, but man, did they shake things up? So I got to give him credit for that. Um, last thing I would just touch on uh, is the net side of things. Cause obviously Brooklyn is the one that's sending out Kyrie. Brooklyn has now sent out superstar number two uh, out of the, the triumvirate of Kyrie, Katie and James Harden. Um, obviously they're left with the best superstar of that bunch in Katie, but you, you certainly have to imagine this this is probably signaling – well, you know what? I don't know. I think we'll find out very soon if this is the end of KD. Um, although, you know what? Now, now I'm starting to reconsider that because I do wonder now if – you have to – this is interesting because I guess if I'm KD, I have two thoughts or two potential – paths of thought right it's either number one okay you traded for another point guard who's solid and a guy on the wing who can defend this is a team that's built this is like the island of misfit toys but i am kevin durant like i can lead this 
island. This is, let's give it a shot. Like I'm Kevin Durant. Let's play some basketball. Like let's just get back to playing basketball. Or is it going to be, okay, whatever. This is over. I'm done. Let's, let's get a move on. Um, or I guess with that first option, what I'm thinking is he, he, he's probably either going to be saying, let's get a trade done now, or let's play it out to the summer, see how this team does, and then try to find something this summer if it doesn't work. Um, I have a feeling he's going to have some more leverage this time than last time now that Kyrie's gone. I don't know if that's the most logical thing, but it just feels like it just feels like the Nets aren't really holding as many cards at this point. It's kind of like I feel like public favor will be on on Durant's side for sure. People are going to just want him to go play real real basketball. Um, but I, I, I would probably prefer to see him get traded at the deadline. And if that doesn't happen, then I'm certainly going to be rooting for the Nets' success this year. Because, uh, I don't know, I mean, the Nets, like, this is not a horrible trade for them trying to retool. And it, I'm getting a little bit of deja vu back to, like, oh, yeah, Ben Simmons, you plug him in. Like, is it even really that big of a downgrade with Seth Curry and Ben Simmons? Like, yeah, it was a huge downgrade from James Harden. But <laughs> kind of the same thing here, right? Like, Spencer Dinwiddie is... 70% of Kyrie Irving, and he's certainly more available and less volatile. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith is going to be their best. I mean, he's he's a better defender than Royce O'Neal. It's not even close. And that's really nice, actually. You've got Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, Kevin Durant's a good defender. Nick Claxton's a dang good defender. I mean, can you run out lineups of Dinwiddie, um, Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, KD, Nick Claxton. Is that like a real lineup? Can you swap out Royce O'Neal for uh, Seth Curry? Does that still work? I do kind of wonder if the Nets have just like more of a real team now. Not not a real team. Um, they, they had a really good team with Kyrie, but it's almost just like, okay, He's gone. We can play basketball. We can like mess with stuff. Jock, Jock Vaughn can get in the lab and like try some rotations. I'm actually, I obviously, this trade happened a few hours ago and I found out about it about 20 minutes before I started recording. Um, I was out at dinner. Uh, but this, I mean, doesn't seem like a total tank move by the Nets. I think at the end of the day, it's going to fall to KD on whether or not he, uh, starts pushing for a trade or not. Cause I think if he's pushing for a trade, he's going to get one, whether it's now or in the summer. Um, but I'm not as out on this Nets team as I would think. And to be completely frank, that's completely uh, pretending Ben Simmons isn't even on the team. If I was the Nets, I might just try to dump Ben Simmons for like any mediocre role players I can get that fit in the salary slot. I might even be willing to trade a first round pick plus Ben Simmons. Like, Maybe this Mavericks pick that you just got, or if there's like a, I don't know when the Philly first come in, but like if there's one that's this year or next year, send them that Philly first. Like, yeah, you can afford that. Go upgrade. Make this a real team. I think they're already like a solid team, even, you know, replacing Kyrie with these two guys. So I'm actually a little more excited about the Nets than I would have thought. Um, wow, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I think Chip Ben Simmons off. Get, I mean, literally, if you could just 
send him home, I think that would be fine. But you should be able to dump him for somebody that's got, you know, a slightly larger con. What I'm thinking is it's kind of like the Porzingis deal where you got Dinwiddie and you got Bertans and Dinwiddie was probably a solid deal and Bertans was a negative deal. And like Porzingis is certainly better than Ben Simmons was, but maybe it's something like that where you can get a, um, you know, more of like a Thomas Bertans plus Tim Hardaway Jr. type of package, right? Uh, I don't think Dallas is going to be trading them these guys, but just for instance, um, the type of players that you could be getting back, right? Like Tim Hardaway Jr. makes like $20 million or whatever. He's probably overpaid by $8 million. Maybe you can fit in Ben Simmons and then throw in a first-round pick to make the value match. So I, I'm actually kind of excited about the Nets now that I think about it. Um, right quick before I go, I will mention just a couple of the KD destinations. If he does push quickly for a trade um, or if the Nets have just decided that they are going to go full rebuild, full tank, and maybe they're even – thinking they can try to maximize the Wimbanyama sweepstakes this year. I, there's certainly room to get down to the bottom seven or eight. Um, and, and I think the odds are worth, you know, if you're going to tank this year, there's still room to do it. Um, some potential teams for KD. I think the Suns are still the main one that pop up. They've got a full draft available to trade. They've got Aiton to match salary. Aiden's also going to be a neutral, if not slightly positive contract that you can flip for more value. I just think that's the one that makes the most sense. They're also going to be the most desperate to trade everything possible. They've got a team that makes sense to trade, bring in Kevin Durant. I, I think that's where he should end up. Uh, I think that trade should happen on both, th- both sides. A uh, few other teams that were getting mentioned last time he requested a trade, I don't know, four months ago, whenever it was, uh, six months ago. Uh, the Raptors, I'm sure they'll give up Scotty Barnes now, but more, ris- more more realistically now, you're looking at like you're shipping like OG and Anobi and a couple of first round picks and letting them flip OG. You know, maybe this ties into their um, plans of the deadline where instead of just selling pieces, it's more of a quote unquote retool where you're you're trying to bring in pieces, players that fit better as opposed to just bringing in quote-unquote pieces, which are more like draft picks and stuff. Um, Boston, still a possibility, I guess. I would, I certainly wouldn't do it. Um, but they've still got Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown still doesn't have an extension, so like could still pull it off if they wanted to. Miami's another one. Sure. I mean, Miami's the type of team that's always looking to make these deals, so I'm sure they'd throw here away in a heartbeat if they could get KD. New Orleans. I, I still just don't, you know, New Orleans, I feel like it's kind of in the Memphis category of this, where I don't think that they believe that they as franchises would be able to keep KD, which I respect that because you're probably right. Um, if Toronto couldn't keep Kawhi, like there's just, there's only so much you can do. <laughs> there's only so much you can do with these types of guys in their primes. Um but I'd still I'd still lose New Orleans more than I'd list Memphis because I think David Griffin's got more of a chance to pull the trigger on something crazy like that. Um, he's definitely been a little bit more less – I don't want to say less long-term focused, but a little bit more likely to make potentially rash decisions um, or potentially shorter-term decisions. Stuff like the Steven Adams contract. It's just like we're going to make a big move and see how it works, where Memphis is more like – we're trying to avoid making mistakes as much as possible. Uh, last 
<laughs> why I stick my head down here just because it's funny. And because, again, if if any of these teams out here – or if there was a team out there that was going to make an irresponsible offer, it would be the Washington Wizards. I am positive they would give up any and every player they have on their roster plus any and every draft pick they have to get Kevin Durant. I don't know if they have any outstanding firsts. So as far as I know, they could do whatever the package is of three firsts and four swaps, I think is as far as that, as far as you can go. Um, so I think you can trade 2023 out to 2029. So you, so as long as you don't have any encumbrance, then yeah, you could do three with four swaps in between. Um, uh, Wizards would probably do that to bring in KD, especially because the thing with KD too, you got to remember is he's got two years after this one, I believe. So you've got him for two and a half years, three postseasons is a better way to think about it. So yeah, I, I'm going to be super excited to see how that market uh, pans out. Um, anytime you got a superstar getting traded, super exciting, but anytime that you have a star getting traded and that opens the chance for a, top 10 to top 15 player of all time to get traded uh, to a potentially even like a contender during the middle of the season. That's pretty cool. So you know what, Kyrie, you know what, Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd, you absolute goofballs. Thank you for creating this drama. Thanks for helping make this tread light trade deadline. Uh, <laughs> I would already call this a success, but just thanks for brightening my day a little bit. And just, Bring in some more of that soap opera into the league that we love to see the soap opera in. So, yeah, that's probably all I got on this. Um, I appreciate y'all tuning in. Hopefully you got your your emergency pod fix. I didn't see any emergency pods, which is why I had to record this. So hopefully, like, Win Horst and Zach Lowe and all the, the goats have put theirs up so far. But, hey, if not, you get to listen to me ramble for, like, 26 minutes. So, um, yeah, hope y'all enjoyed. Hope we get to see some crazy drama with the Mavericks and the Nets. Nets, Nets, Mavs finals. Book it, baby. Um, yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, y'all. Talk to y'all later. Talk, talk to y'all next time. Bye.